Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Coming to you live from deep. In the clay court season, another edition of Advantage Connors. Here, as always, Brett Connors and Jimmy Connors, your two co-hosts, together at the same time. What's going on today? Yeah, we're together, but we're not sitting next to each other. I like it better when we are, but uh, it's good to get in, and I know it's uh, it's been busy. It's been a busy couple of days for you. You've uh, had a lot of tennis, uh, I think three or four different tournaments going on. So with producing and and uh, following all that, I've been following some. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I've had a busy uh, couple of days myself. I'm in a financial seminar. Ooh. And uh, you know, for you know, for me, I guess I'm at a point, uh, brother, where I'm not looking to make a lot. I'm just trying not to lose a lot. Right. <laughs> so uh, the way things are going, uh, as you said, I've got a notebook and I'm looking to take an awful lot of notes trying to figure this out. But uh, outside of that, things are good. And how about you? Busy? Got a day or two off or are you good? Uh, yeah, had a, had the weekend off. Did Barcelona last week and, and all the tournaments uh, we'll talk about here in a second. But uh, we don't skip a beat. We go right back into the clay courts uh, of Madrid. Mm. We go to the altitude a little bit. Uh, men and women, Masters 1000. Uh, pretty much like a two-week event now. Uh, the, all the thousands are, are you know... Pretty much two-week events, kind of like slams, right. even though they don't play as many matches. Um, but quickly on the seminar, you're saying uh, just trying not to lose any. Yeah, you and everybody else in the world right now, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Any money that we do have, where are we supposed to put it? Everything <laughs> else seems to be going down, and it's like something's got to go up. Listen, I, I worked awful hard to get to where we are and to have this kind of lifestyle, uh, and and I like it. And, and I'm doing the best I can to, you know, try to, you know, uh, keep some of it because <laughs> it seems that man, oh man, oh man, they're trying to take it faster than we can make it. Yeah. So it's very interesting. And, you know, trying to figure out, you know, the fed and what they're, what they're going to do, are they going to raise interest rates or interest rates going to drop? And if you, if, if you get a good rate, how long do you stay in? And is it better to, you know, to buy stocks or get into bonds and treasuries or, I've been lucky enough to be around uh, a lot of smart people uh, and and listening to them. But, you know, the end result is that over the course of my time when I was playing, and you know this, uh, when you were younger and growing up, I had a lot of people doing this for me. And now uh, I, I, I'm educating myself because I do it myself. And And the reason I do is because if I get hammered, then I take the blame and I can handle that. Mm-hmm. But also, it's like it's like me when I was playing tennis, Brett. If I lose, I want to take full responsibility. But if I win, I want full credit too. Yeah. And and so for the last four or five years, I have uh, educated myself and tried to to get as good. I, I'm 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 not saying I'm a winner, <laughs> but I, I'm also not saying that I'm a devastated loser either. But uh, every day is a new day, and I'm trying to to learn more and more as I go along. And uh, you know, hopefully. You know, a lot of things change and we get through this and 
uh, and things turn around so that we can, uh, you know, have a little different attitude coming up soon. Yeah, it's a tough time because everything's going down, but you figure eventually it's going to hit some sort of bottom and then turn around the other way. And it's just all about trying to time it. Uh, my strategy is buy Bitcoin, buy Ethereum, and buy Tesla. And then, <laughs> just, and then just put those three things on the side and let them kind of hang there and we'll see what's going on in like five years. Well, yep. But see, you're young enough to do that. Yeah. You're young enough to play five, five years, eight years, 10 years out. I am not, you know, like I said, I mean, I've, I've, uh, I've paid the price to try to get to this position. And, and right now I'm trying to, you know, salvage uh, uh, all that I can. Yeah. I just think, uh, all the governments are trying to do this, uh, central digital currency stuff, which is pretty much copying what Bitcoin is. And so since Bitcoin isn't government controlled or fed controlled, I don't think it's a bad thing to maybe have a little of it just as a hedge, even though it's so tied up in everything now, it's like, you know, these Bitcoin ETFs and, and all that stuff. But uh, whatever. Madrid this week, yep. 3 a.m. call times for me, which uh, happens to be a good thing because Melina is back in town. She was in Sweden for two weeks visiting family over there. Shout out everyone over in Stockholm. And she's back and has jet lag. And so that puts us on the exact same schedule. Normally, she gets mad at me for, <laughs> for going to bed early when I have these 3 a.m. calls. Got to get up at 2, 2.15. But uh, she was ready to go to bed at 8 o'clock last night. She's like, I'm ready. Let's get in bed. So I was like, oh, this, is, <laughs> this is great. I got to enjoy it. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, but it takes all that, uh, you know, so that you guys can uh, can hang together through that time. But, uh, you know, say hi to her. And I know her birthday was uh, just, what, four or five days ago mm -hmm. or so. So. Uh, 20 give seconds. her a hug and a kiss. Happy birthday. And, and uh, you know, we will celebrate soon. Yep, definitely. So moving on, I don't want to keep you long because I know you have seminar. I know you got class and I know you got your notebook and, and everything ready to go. <laughs> I'm back in college. But did you... <laughs> I went back to school. Nice. Did you see this story? We kind of touched on it before. Like we, We've kind of known it was coming, but they finally went through with it. Aaron Rodgers, longtime great quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, uh, is gone, no longer a Packer. He's headed east to the New York Jets, long rumored, but they finally pulled the trigger. Uh, what did you think about that? I feel like we've always been a Rodgers fan. He's a California kid, a little bit of an underdog story. Went to City College, didn't get a lot of big offers. Eventually went to Cal and played two years there with, uh, with some pretty good players, Marshawn Lynch, one of them. But what do you think about mm -hmm. Rodgers going to the Jets? I actually like the move because... You know, he's he's been in the league for a long time. And, you know, some sometimes you need a change to reinvent yourself. And, you know, for him to to leave the the Packers, who he had such a, a great career with. And, you know, I, I was looking uh, through the paper and I and I see, you know, how uh, everybody, you know, sees it. They know, lack of rings cost Rogers goat status. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know a lot of guys who only won one grand slam that were pretty fucking good. Yeah, you know, so uh, you know, I, I I see that as you know uh, even more. I mean, he went out every game and gave it everything he had, and that's that's what I look for in an athlete. That you know, uh, do, or is he going to play hurt? I mean, he was he was giving it everything that he had to you know to to do the best he could for his team. Mm -hmm. He got one one uh, ring, you know, which is pretty darn good anyway. But, uh, you know, the, it, it, but his getting to the playoffs and, and his record and his completions and his and his yardage and things like that is uh, is pretty darn amazing. And, and uh, 
you know, to to go through a career and spend that amount of time with the team, would he have liked to have ended his career there? I don't know. Only he knows that. You know what uh, what the internals were with uh, with the team and in negotiations or or everything that goes on. But on the other hand, going to the Jets, boy, what uh, what what an opportunity to reinvent himself and and to go to a new team and and with a different attitude and and newfound goals. Mm-hmm. You know, he's no youngster. You know, mm-hmm. uh, let's let's be honest. He's been in the league for what 18, 20 years or or somewhere yeah, around there. I'm like seventeen years, but, I think. Sometimes you need that, you know, a, a, a change of venue, yeah. you know, a different look uh, of everything, a different team, a different player, a, a, a different, you know, whatever, you know, pick it out of the air, whatever it mm-hmm. takes to to get your attitude going. And I like a number of things about it. Uh, one is is that he was number 12. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think he was yep. number 12 yep. uh, w- when he was at Green Bay. He's going back to, to number eight because he doesn't didn't want to step on. Uh, Broadway Joe's toes, mm-hmm. which I, I think is I think is a great uh, is a great move. Yeah, he wore eight and Cal. Back to, yes, how good is that? Yeah, I like that too. Sometimes it's good to go back where you started, brother. That's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's uh, different venues. Good. It seems like that's been building for a while. He's following the uh, Brett Favre route a little bit. When Favre left, remember he went to the Jets. Yes, yes. Before he went to the Vikings, I think that's that's how it went. Yeah, it's it's a bummer. You would have thought he probably would have wanted to stay there, but they have a pretty good backup, they think, in Jordan Love, who they drafted a few years back, who's just kind of been doing the same thing Rodgers was when Favre was getting towards the end, where like they knew they had this really good player, but they didn't know how good he was because he needs game reps, and to give him game reps, you got to get rid of the older guy. But it is a bummer. I, I like Rodgers a lot because uh, he, everyone dogging him for not having more rings. I mean, he has one. And uh, everyone, Marino being my favorite player of all time, gets crushed for not having any. So he's kind of like, he's a little bit like Marino with a ring. You know, he has tons of yards, tons of touchdowns, went to one Super Bowl. Marino lost his, Rodgers won his, you know, and he's always in it. Like you said, he's, you know, always in the playoffs, you know, came up short in a lot of NFC championship games where people might have thought he was the favorite going in. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just, uh, it's a bummer. (laughs) Bummer. He's sliding on into the AFC East. Which is all. Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to mention that. That does that hurt you? I mean, it's already a pretty deep division with Buffalo, Miami, yes. and New England. New England being down, but still winning. I think like seven games or something last year, seven or eight games. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be deep. Every team there, you can make a case. You think you know for doing well and making the playoffs and and making a run in the playoffs, kind of. So uh, the one thing about Green Bay that always was weird to me is like all those years towards the end, like the last five or six years, it seemed like they would need a wide receiver or that, you know, they would have one good wide receiver and then maybe need a tight end. They would need like a, a weapon, you know, and all their first and second round picks for like years, it seems like would always go to the defense or like O line or, you know, something that technically isn't a weapon for Rogers. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, mm-hmm. you got this guy who's one of the best, you know, he delivers the ball and he can spread it around. He's so good. You know what? You know, give him someone on the other side of Devonte Adams when he had Adams who went to the Raiders this last year, you know, it's like, give him somebody else. And and they almost would, wouldn't do it almost like spitting in his face over and over again. And, and eventually, mm-hmm. he, you know, now he walks and I, I almost bet, I bet my buddy, Zach Lupica, who I used to work with the tennis channel who left to do some stuff on social media. I was like, dude, I bet you five bucks. The Packers pick a wide receiver in the first two rounds this year, <laughs> almost to just like shove it right. in his face more. Right. 
Zach, Zach Lupica, is that, uh, is that our friend Mike Lupica's son? Yes, sir, it is. Yeah, it is. Oh my God. Yep. That, that's exciting. Yep. Yeah, he, he abandoned me. He, 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 we worked together for a couple years and then he left to go to Ryder Fairways. So, but, uh, yeah, he's a good dude. We got to bet on that. But uh, what do you think? Where do you think they finish in that division with Miami, Buffalo and new England? Give me, give me how it shakes out. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for Rogers. Uh, you know, I, I also root for Miami because of you, but I'm, I'm rooting for him to, to get in there and to, and, and to find a nice home, you know, where he feels comfortable and, and he can cut loose and, you know, uh, whether he has one year or five years left that, that he can go and, and still continue to show his skills and, and what he can do and, and how he can turn uh, that team around to be a real contender. Yeah, and and uh, I know he's in a tough group and, uh, you know, a tough division, and it is going to be rough. And, and you know, listen, all, all the teams now, uh, are, you know, are playing good football. But I think he's going to bring a lot to the Jets. And, and I, I say he's better than 500. I say he's a nine-game winner. Okay, nine games. So you think nine yeah. and eight. I'm looking it up right now to see what the divisions are. Bills favored, plus 130. Then the Jets. The Jets are the second yeah. favorite, plus 240. Then my Finns, Whoa. plus 300. And then the Patriots, eight to one. No love for the Pats. Hard to give them love. Somebody's no got to. Somebody's got to eat the bad end of it, I guess. When three other teams looking so good, you better watch it. They may go to Brady to try to bring him back. <laughs> I hope not, man. I hope he just <laughs> he needs to just like have fun, good retirement, and and go make all that money uh, announcing games. Right. So, so I, I kind of lost my, my, uh, my trend of thought there. They've added another game or so to the, to the season, right? Yeah. It's 17 games now. It's 17 games. So I want to give them 10 game win then. Okay. So 10 and seven. Yeah. I, I like that. That sounds doable. 10 and seven. Yep. 10 and seven is what I'm going for. So, yep. So that, that's where I'm going, but, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out of that division, you know, I mean, with the best record. You yeah. know, I mean, there, there, could there be a lot of 10 and seven teams there? A couple seems I like it there could be, because so. they're all going to start to play each other and you got to figure they're going to, you know, beat each other up a little bit. I mean, right. Good right. teams. Wow. That's a, that's exciting. I, I, I might get back into football now. A little oh bit yeah. I know you will. You, you, you know always that say means? that you're not, you know, <laughs> you know what that means, don't you? Right. Get Lely on the phone. I, I, I better I better lose the bookies number. Right, <laughs> too bad it's tattooed on the uh, inside of your wrist or something. Right, <laughs> you right. never losing uh, it. You, did you notice that? I how'd did. You notice that? I did. <laughs> so. All right, let, let's move on from football. Let's let's recap last week's tennis. Uh, Madrid's just kind of getting underway since it's a two week tournament. I uh, don't want to get too much into it. Um, but before let's, we go on, uh, do you like that though, Brett? Uh, that the, Rogers, the Masters one thousands are now that. Uh, almost like a grand slam two week tournaments and with less matches. Do you like that? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, cause what they used to be like 10, 11 days. They weren't technically like two weeks. They were more like a week and a half. Was, uh, was almost like it started on the Friday or the Saturday of the right. weekend before. So, right. They would have like yeah, qualifying seven, eight, and nine, stuff. Nine, 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it feels a little weird. Like you kind of want to keep grand slams two weeks. Cause that's what makes them grand slams, you know? But I mean, mm -hmm. you know, the seeds and the better players don't get going till tomorrow or Friday or Saturday or whatever it is with, with everybody. But yeah, it's, it seems a little weird. It's, it's new. So I guess I kind of got to get used to it. 
it seems like there's a lot of there's a few days in the beginning of the week that are kind of slow and don't have exactly you know quote unquote the best quality tennis because a lot of the matchups aren't aren't great and uh, so you know we'll see see how it goes but talk to me about some of the winners last week uh, let's talk let's start with Iga there was only one women's tournament in Stuttgart Iga comes through after uh, she missed Miami she had to pull out so mm-hmm. after missing right. that. She comes back strong like she did earlier in the year when she took the losses down in uh, in Australia, and then she came back and, and, and started off right away with a win. Gets two-set win over our girl, Sabby. Sabby with another good showing um, on the dry kind of... Yep, I like, you know, I like her. We, we talked about her a lot. I like her. Yep. And, and, and for, Egan, for her to get to the finals again is a great showing. But uh, Swiantek, uh, you know, uh, when, if, if you don't have her into every conversation about who's the best player, something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and, but I like that Sabby, I mean, it was two sets, but I like that Sabby is, like you said, another good showing, you know, she, mm-hmm. you know, wins, uh, you know, Australia gets her first slam, won another tournament earlier in the year, uh, you know, makes the final, you know, and then, and then now makes another final. So like, she's, she's kind of stepping up. Like we talked about earlier in the year, wanting someone to kind of take over that number two role. It's kind of between her and Rybakina going back and forth. So that, that's a fun little thing to watch, but Iga on those clay courts. And when she has time to reset and get right and, and then focus on another event, like uh, she's tough to bet against coming back. Yeah. Uh, I, I like, I like her game because I like the way she accepts her losses. You know, when, if she doesn't play well one week or, or she loses in, in a tournament, I mean, she's, she's not afraid to, to continue the work and, and not get discouraged. Mm-hmm. And and to to keep it up and come back and 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 kind of reestablish herself as as the player that she is and the best player, yeah, I I, I like that, and and the the way that she goes about it, you know, it, it would be fun uh, for me to sit down uh, and, and be in a press conference that she gives uh, after and and to hear a lot of her her uh, internal thoughts about you know, uh, her last year and a half or so, and, you know, the kind of tennis that she plays and how she handles, uh, adversity mm-hmm. and, and how she's able to come back from that. It would, it would be, it would be fun because I, I would have a few questions that I would like to ask her myself. So maybe one day we can get her on the podcast. That would be a, be a great time to spend. Yeah. Really cool. And, uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's fun to watch her along with this other dude we can talk about. They're kind of similar paths. Um, I know Iga's got more slams, but with Carlos, Carlos wins Barcelona and you're seeing like these, you know, Iga on the women's side, Carlos on the men's side, like the, the players who we think are going to be like the next, you know, do- quote unquote dominant player for the next, whatever it is, five, 10, you know, whatever years. And so to see them both, you know, in the same week when a tournament, you know, it's just fun to see how they go. Like both of them had kind of an injury thing, you know, Carlos, right. you know, kind of had the little injury thing. And so did Iga. And then what did they do in their first tournament back? Boom. They both get a win, you know, Carlos and Barcelona coming through, uh, you know, he won it last year. So back to back years for him. Um, what did you take? Uh, what is it? Isn't it fun? Cause I mean, we've talked about this for so long. We're waiting for the next yeah. change and the next change, the next guard and all this stuff. And now we kind of have it. You know, and then we have, we have it on both sides, the men and the women, and it's uh, like kind of a really cool, fun time to be a tennis fan. Yeah, exactly. But but uh, isn't isn't it good? I'll, I'll just go for the injuries. You know, when you take the time off, how you heal and reset. 
that that's that's kind of the key. You know, you you you're out there, you're playing, you're giving it your all, and sometimes that little time off to reset and and to get not only your mind, your body right, but your mind right at the same time, just get you back into the flow of, of the hard work that it takes to win these events. Mm-hmm. And and it seems, you know, that's what Alcaraz has done. And, and also uh, Striantec has done the same, you know, that they, they come back and, and they, they reset everything. Yeah, and and to, to take that time, sometimes to get away and, and to to heal uh, uh, everything is a good thing. And, and, but then you can't come in and break into it and say, well, I'll give myself a week or so to break. You got to come back firing. And mm-hmm. and then that's what they're very good at. They're really good at. Yeah. But, uh, you're right. Uh, on, on the men and the women, we've been talking about it ever since we started the podcast. Who's next? You know, you got Federer who's now gone Nadal who is injured and, you know, probably, you know, hoping to be ready to play the French that he's won what 14 times. That's mm-hmm. a record that'll never be broken. Right. And you got Djokovic who, you know, who's, you know, kind of been spotty playing as a, uh, uh, playing a number of events and, you know, maybe not match tough enough and trying to get, you know, ready to play Rome, which is a big tournament. And then the French coming up and then Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've been talking about the young ones coming up on both sides. We're getting it. Yep. And, and isn't it exciting? Isn't it exciting yeah. for me? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I know how it was when I was playing, and I was trying to be one of those guys that everybody was saying, "Geez, aren't you tired of Connors? Aren't you tired of Borg? Aren't you tired of McEnroe? Aren't you tired of Lendl?" I was trying to be one of those guys that was saying, "Shut up, man! I'm staying around as long as I can." I'm These not guys tired. Want to do the same, but also, I'm sorry. I'm not tired. <laughs> You're saying, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I may look bad, but I don't feel as bad as I look. Right. You know. So, but I, th- you know, I think but- you're right. Real quick on one one thing you said about them. You know, most people when they're playing good, if they have to shut it down or they decide to take a week off, that they think they might be able to play through. Usually, that might stop their momentum or slow them down, or you know what I mean, like something gets out of whack. But like with right. them, they're you're right. They're both playing well. Oh, you know, Swiatek loses whatever it was the semi, uh, and, and then Carlos, you know, uh, you know, wins Indian Wells, and then um, you know loses earlier in, in in Miami or whatever. They know, like, or no, he didn't even play Miami, right? Um, no. uh, whatever. I'm I'm thinking Swiatek yeah. either. But they know their team knows. Like, look, he's playing well. This is a good momentum streak we have. There's going to be more momentum streaks. You know, there's going to be more. It, it helps us long term to take this week off or these two weeks off, get right, get straight, get physical, you know, uh, you know, cardio and, and your in your in your physio and, and, and work with them and get right. So when you come back, you just hit the ground running again, almost to where you were before. You said it right. You said long term. That is what a lot of uh, players and their teams may not look at. You know, they look at what's right in front of their face, uh, this match, this day, this week or whatever. You know, a career is a long time, uh, you know, and, and it's what you do over the course of that career that that uh, gives you to see. So, you know, if you're looking long term, you know, you're preparing at a young age. Uh, and, and, and I can say that from experience because I was never earned out. I was never pushed to play too much. I was always told to play a little less so that when, when I was uh, going out to play that I was eager and I was ready and I, and I, and I wasn't, 
you know, going to say, oh, man, I'm tired. I, I've got to, oh, that match really hurt me. I, I played three hours. or You know, I'd say, you know, bring on another one. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so the so long term is, is the view. If you plan on playing a long time. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and that, and that's what you love to do. And that, and you don't mind the grind. That's, you know, it's a Nadal thing, you know, it's a Connors thing, you know, it, it, it's, I, I want to play as long as I can. And I want to, you know, I don't care what comes afterwards, hip surgeries, knee surgeries, wrist surgeries, you know, whatever I, I'm, I'm going to play it now because I know once it's over, it's over, you know, but long-term you said, and uh, I, I don't, I don't think a lot of people get that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's interesting and fun to watch them navigate this, you know, this world of being the next big thing and these young phenoms and and how they attack and go about each, you know, problem and 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 thing as it comes up. Are you looking for a gift that's unique, meaningful and will surprise the shit out of someone? With Songfinch, you can create a personalized song that's radio quality and packed with details about your life. So it's perfect for celebrating special occasions like anniversaries, birthdays, retirements, and Mother's Day, which is coming up quick. Simply share a few key details about your life, relationship, or favorite memories. Then choose the style of music you want, from acoustic pop to country, to rock, to folk, to folk rock, to R&B. Then select a specific artist you want. Or if you're not sure, Songfinch has an artist recommendation engine that will match you with one of our 2,000 professional musicians on their roster and you'll receive your finished song within four to seven days. Songfinch artists are the best in the business, with 30,000 five-star reviews and appearances on hit shows like Songland and The Voice. So you know your song is in good hands, and you're definitely going to love it. The cost for a personalized song is $199, and let me tell you, it's worth every penny. But Songfinch has given us an exclusive code for $20 off your custom song. But hurry, you got to use it before May 14th. That's Mother's Day. You can use code Connors and get $20 off a custom song. Don't miss out on a chance to give someone, especially your mom, the gift of a custom song. And maybe even write a number one hit in the process. We decided to make a song here on the podcast. My girlfriend Melina's sister, Vendela, turned 20 years old recently. And so we decided to make a song all about her birthday. She's had some tough injuries. She's a soccer player that she's had to go through the last couple of years. So we decided to add that in, kind of a little bit of a redemption, coming back, hanging in there, and now you're 20. All in birthday form, all in music, and we love it. It's turned out great. Vendela, I have a birthday gift for you. Listen to this. You're fighter and you're strong. I believed in you all along. So happy birthday, Vendela. Hope all your wishes come true And it's the way you imagined it a better Wish the happiest of birthdays to you Wow, thank you. That's so cool. It came out great. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Other than the other matches quick and the other tournaments, uh, I thought this was good. Runa wins Munich. He wins that title. Yeah. And then Rublev makes the final in Banya Luka, loses to Lajevic. Lajevic beats Djokovic and Rublev, top two seeds, to win that title. But it was uh, fun because Runa made the final of Monte Carlo, lost to Rublev. Rublev then makes the final of Banya and loses. So the guys who, yeah. who were in the Monte Carlo final kept it going uh, last week. What'd you think? Yep, that's good consistency. You know, they're they're they they must be you know really feeling it and, and have the confidence because you know they're they're taking it from one event to another mm-hmm. uh, and 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 playing at that high level. Uh, you know what it's like. You go out there. You got to you got to bring your best game every time, especially when you get to the finals, because those are the two guys that are should be playing the best tennis during the course of that week. Those are the two guys that are in the finals. You know, so you win some, you lose some, but but the, the consistency and the confidence that uh, both of them must have coming off of that Monte Carlo success. Yeah. You know, won the winner and won the runner up. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. And 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 I'm going to say it again. I know we say it when we talk about them. We've discussed them for for I, I think ever since we started this podcast. Yeah. And and, and I'm I'm happy to see the success that both of them are having. It's, you know, there's, there's just another, you know, couple of the young guys that are coming up, you know, without, yep. with Alcaraz, yep. you know, so far away boys, give it your best effort and, uh, and keep producing the kind of tennis that, that allows you to do, you know, to, to play the big matches like that. Yeah. I, li- I like seeing Runa, uh, back that up. Like it looked like he, you know, he played a lot of tennis was a little beat up in, in that final. Uh, so to see him, you know, he seems like he's building, towards being one of those guys that, you know, we talk about, um, along with Carlos and Sinner and Medvedev, he's a little older, but these, these younger, you know, around 20, 21 year old guys, uh, who are already playing almost like they're 23, 24, you know, they're starting to, they're mm-hmm. taking advantage of this experience that they're able to grab. Like, Oh, Joker's not here. Like I'm, I'm doing blank or Joker is here. I'm going to practice with them. Like, you know, I know Runa practices with them a lot. And you can see the guys right. who are, not shying away from, you know, the shine a little bit. Like maybe you've seen another time or players have maybe wilted a little bit in the spotlight in the last 15 years. Uh, these guys don't seem to be wilting as much. And so uh, it's good to see him back it up. And, and Rublev, that's just tough. I think Lajevich is was playing good. I mean, if he takes out Joker and you know, to play, Rublev played a lot of tennis. So um, what did you think about Joker taking the loss there and then having to pull out of Madrid? Um like, like we said, like he's trying to get match play, but if you have a bum elbow or you have some injury, how do you get match play right. yeah. and also give yourself rest if you got an injury when you're trying to uh, get ready for a grand slam? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, but, you know, he went in there and, and uh, he got a couple matches, but, you know, the, uh, that's also a confidence thing, too. You know, he, he hasn't played enough and, and he wants the matches not only for the you know, for the reps and, and, the you know, being under pressure and all that, but, you know, winning breeds success. And, and, you know, if he, uh, if he goes in and he says, well, I, I got everything out of that, that I wanted to, I didn't win, but I sure got a lot of this, which was good stuff out of it. Then it's going to work in his favor. Uh, if, you know, and I keep using the word discouraged because if you ever get discouraged and down on yourself, then, you know, that's kind of tough sometimes to break out of. I, I've been through that a number of times myself when I was playing and, 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 uh, you know, and, and, but I was lucky enough to have, 
you know, some some really good people around me that you know looked at me and says, "What have you lost your mind? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, you've got everything out of that that you're looking for. You know, you got you you know your conditioning is better and this is better and and if you just work on this a little bit or do that a little bit different, then you know next week it'd be different. You know, and and not getting discouraged is a big thing. And and uh, he's been around long enough, Brad. And, and, you know, he's won everything. Let's face it. You know, he's got 22, 21, 22 grand slams. So he knows what it's like to be in all those situations. He's just got to be prepared everywhere else to, you know, to face that. So I, I, I don't think I'm too worried about that. Yeah. I agree. I think, I think he'll be all right. He's just, uh, maybe taking precaution and, you know, if he still gets, you know, Rome going in and, you know, he should be okay. He could play himself in, into yeah. the tournament a little bit in, in Roland Garros. All right, that's enough tennis. Madrid, we'll check in on next week when we get a little deeper in the tournament. Let's get to some questions. We haven't done some in a while. Let's go try and get through a, a few of them. Here's one. Uh, we'll start us off tennis-related. So Bjorn, our uh, guest earlier this year, said that the 1976 U.S. Open still haunts him, and it's one that he feels got away because you went lights out in that tie break and then, and then won the fourth set. Is there one in your mind that like stands out to you the way it does that one for Bjorn? Is there one match where you're like, fuck, if I had just done blank, one blank, done this, uh, you know, I should have done this. I had them in, in this, in the third or whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, how, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> so, so he mentioned one against me. I mentioned one against him. Uh, I think it was 77 in, uh, in the Wimbledon final. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were two sets all, and I was down four love in the fifth, and I brought it back to four all. My serve, fifteen love in the fifth, and I was on a roll. And 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 I I remember some guy made a smart ass remark from the stands, and I turned around and made a comment to him, and I didn't win another point. <laughs> really? <laughs> so I should have kept my mouth shut. That's <laughs> one time I should have just just gone on about my business because I was on a a role. I had run four games and I was, you know, in my stride and yeah, yeah, he ended, he ended up beating me six, four, uh, six, four in the fifth. And another one is against Mac in, uh, I'm trying to think of the year where he beat me seven, six in the fifth. Okay. And I, I was on a roll against him. I, I think I was, I was one set all. And then I won the third easily and was up a break in the fourth. And I ended up losing that seven, six in the fifth. Mm. Uh, so, you know, that, that would have, that would have put me in, an, in another final at the open and, uh, you know, what, you know, but what the hell, I mean, I also won a few matches that, uh, maybe I shouldn't have won too, yeah. you know, so definitely probably you know, evens it, it out. Goes, it, yeah, it evens out, but you know, I mean, I, I, I'd rather have won that match in the semis to get to the finals or a finals to win the tournament than won a first round like that. Right. <laughs> so, right. I mean, it does it even out. I mean, you know, to. To be down uh, six, uh, seven, six, six, four, uh, love three, love 40 against Patrick McEnroe in the first round of the U.S. Open. Yeah, that was a great victory, but would I whether, uh, rather have beaten Borg in the finals from coming from four love down in the fifth? Right, of course. You know, which, which, one, which one do you like the most? Yeah. You know, I, I know which one I would rather have, but hey, what am I going to do? Re- no, 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 no. I'm just saying for everyone that Borg has, you have one, you know, for everyone you have, Mac yeah, has one, course. you know, Every, everybody's got of them. Course. That's what's so fun to like, look back and, and try and remember them. You can go back and, and yeah. try and find them on YouTube or, but, but you know, you know, the great thing about it though, Brett is, is you play so many matches 
You know, I mean, I think over the course of my career, did I, how many matches did I play? Like 1,500, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. How many tournaments did I play? You know, uh, you know, I won 109 of them. I got to the finals of fucking, I I think 80 more of them, Mm -hmm. you know, so what, what is that? I mean, did did I play 300 tournaments? No, I mean, that's 200, 200 right there. Yeah. And, you know. So, I mean, you play so many matches over the course of the year. I mean, I, I mean, if I would sit down and think about it, I, I could come up with many, many matches that, uh, you know, that, that I would like to talk about, but Hey, yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, the idea that, uh, you, you know, the only thing better than playing and winning is playing and losing, yep. you know, just like gambling, you know, at least I'm in the game. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Just like gambling. Yeah. All right, oh, let's oh my. let's move on. You, you, you have to bring. Yeah. You just have to bring that up all the time. Don't yep, you? yep. Because I do it every day. But uh, let's move on. This one, yes, this did. one can be quick. Which of the tournaments were the most fun outside of the tennis? For example, the softball games we used to that everyone used to play in North Conway. Oh yeah, that was a blast. Yeah, uh, but but you know what though, Brad, I, I wasn't involved in a lot of those. Uh, because I was, uh, I was still in the tournaments and, and trying to win the tournament. And, and I didn't really, and until later on in my career, get involved in doing a lot of things away from the tournaments. Uh, I missed out on a lot from doing that because I had a lot of my buddies that did. And, oh, wait, a lot of people might think, geez, you had a lot of buddies. Yeah, but I did, you know, I had some, some good friends that, uh, that we that I'd hang with and that did yeah. a lot of that. They did but, it and had fun, right? Good. Yeah, yeah, I did it and it was great. But uh, I kind of missed out on a few of them. But hey, that happens. Yep, I remember North Conway. That was always uh, was fun. Like I remember staying at the. I think we had my birthday there one year or something when I was a kid. Well, I'll, I'm just going to say one thing about North Conway. I love that tournament. It was on red clay and. And uh, it was a great setting and everything. But I, I remember I, I played my first round match there and, and I walked off the court and they said that your mom was in labor with you and went right to the airport. I had a private plane to bring me home and, and got there in time for you to be born. So it was probably one of the best days of my life. Nice. Right there. there it is. <laughs> Good memories yeah. from uh, from there. Well, hey, that, that could lead into this question. You took an airplane home. Uh, this person wants to know, have you ever had any in-flight emergency incidents since you've been such a, a big traveler over your career? Any crazy, uh, any crazy incidents at 35,000 feet? God, I mean, I hate, I hate to even talk about them because I still fly, but I've had a few, uh, incidents over the years and I, and I hope they're all in my past. Uh, you know, I was, uh, on a plane once where, you know, I was, I was flying from New Orleans uh, to St. Louis, uh, and we had two stops. And on on each stop to get to St. Louis was struck by lightning, and you know <laughs> that was kind of kind of crazy. Uh, during the senior tour, I was lucky enough to to have had uh, my own little West Wind uh, private airplane, and and uh, I was uh, flying at. Uh, uh, at, at 40,000 feet and, uh, blew an engine. And that was, uh, that was really no fun, but, uh, lucky enough, our, our, we had a great pilot Byron who, uh, you know, treated us like, uh, you know, his family that, you know, took nothing but care of us. And, you know, but, uh, wow. I mean, I, I could, you know, go back and I'm, I'm knocking on wood right now that, uh, I was lucky enough to get through a couple of those and, and, uh, hopefully I don't have any more. And I hope everybody that's out there flying stays safe, but, yep. uh, 
Wow. Do you remember? Yeah, you know, it's uh, some crazy stuff. Do you remember this one? I remember one. Uh, was I think it was just me and you. I think maybe it was me, you, and Lely. And we were flying in, I think, to White Plains, New York. And one Mr. Vetus Gerolitis was picking us up. And uh, kind of on approach, we hit, we didn't know what it was. We just thought it was turbulence at the time, but it ended up being wind shear. Remember that? Oh, and it dropped us I, like a thousand feet or 500 feet, like boom, right away. And like I was right. like laying on the floor, sitting on the floor. And I remember my head almost hit like the top of the, of the plane. And uh, we, right. you know, we land and then By Byron's great pilot gets us there safe and tells us what, you know, how bad that was. And, you know, it's, it's bad because the closer you are to the ground, the less time you have to react if you happen to hit the wind shear. And so, uh, you know, we're like, wow, man, that's crazy. We like loaded the stuff up in Vetus's car and went to Benihana's for dinner, baby. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and told Byron that he could have the week off. Right, right, <laughs> and a raise. There. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, were, we were lucky, but we, we had uh, a great captain and a, and a, a great first, uh, uh, first mate that, uh, that, that was up in the front with him. And, and I was lucky enough at the time to, to have that little plane because I was with the senior tour and was flying 450 hours a year. And, and, uh, it was, uh, it was important, you know, for the business of the senior tour, but man, were we lucky to, to have those two pilots and, uh, you know, they more than family to us, they, they took care of us and, you know, treated, treated us like their family. And, you know, so you're, you're lucky sometimes. And we were, and, uh, you know, I, I miss them both. I miss both of them. Yep. Yeah, me too. Um, last question for you. Uh, we could both answer this one, but, uh, Dave says, uh, blah, blah, this was a little while ago, so I'm not sure what the date was, but it was, it was the 43rd anniversary of, uh, the Russian U.S. beating Russia in the, in the 1980 Lake Placid Olympics. So he said, what's the greatest right. sporting event other than tennis? that you have ever witnessed? Well, that was, that was certainly, you know, wow. One of the most exciting for sure, because it was, you know, something that had, you know, really never happened before. Uh, and, and the U S uh, defeating Russia at that time, back, uh, back in the eighties was, was something special. Uh, uh, but you know, I, I've been to, you know, a lot of great events. Uh, you know, I, I, I watched in boxing. I used to, and I still do love boxing, you know, and got to see, Ali in person and Norton and uh, Mike Tyson and Sugar Ray Leonard and uh, Marvin Hagler. And uh, oh, oh, my God, I've, I've been lucky to see a lot of great boxing matches. And, uh, you know, when I think boxing was at its height, you know, Joe Frazier and, and oh, my God. Uh, you know, mm. to, to, you know, and back then at the beginning, you, you'd go into a theater. Right. And buy a ticket and like going to see a movie and be able to see it and, you know, and then to see them in person, you know, in the crowd and the ring and the excitement and the electricity and, you know, and, and the, and the, oh, here we go. And the gambling, mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, that went on around it and, and the attitude of the people, oh my God, to be there live was, uh, was something special. And, uh, you know, I, I've had. Uh, I, I think a lot of our listeners know that we've had Mike Tyson on and, and, uh, and, and since then I've had an opportunity to, to see him and, and spend some time with him also. And, and, uh, you know, talk about boxing and, you know, his upbringing and, and, uh, you know, what it took for him to go, go into the ring and be the champion that he was. And, you know, which was pretty exciting, but, uh, man, oh man, uh, some of the, you know, the, the title matches and the, yeah. uh, the boxing matches that I was able to see. Wow. What an excitement. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's pretty cool to know that you saw Tyson fight live back then, uh, you know, from sitting below the the ring and then full circle to get to like interview him later and talk to him about, uh, you know, stuff you probably were thinking about asking him then. Um, yeah, I like that. Well, you said that people used to go watch back boxing in theaters. I don't collect a lot of signed stuff. I used to do it a lot when I was young, but my, one of my prized things sitting on my wall here in my apartment, it's a signed poster of the thriller in Manila. Uh, between Ali and Frazier. So that right. that's that's sitting there. That's never going anywhere. Um, and the fact you got to see all those guys live is pretty cool. But I have I have one other one that is, I think... I'm, I'm just going to say, let me just say this better. You know, the reason, I, you know, I, w- I was raised around boxing. Uh, you know, I've, uh, I've, I've mentioned it many, many, many times that, you know, my grandfather was a boxer and trained me as a boxer. You know, so that was kind of my second tennis, you know, kind of... Uh, you know, a sport that, that, that I love to watch because, because I always thought, you know, tennis was boxing at defeat mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, to go in there and, and, and to, to do what you had to do that one-on-one. And, and, uh, I think that's why I loved it so much. Yep. Yep. And definitely a lot of similarities. Um, people don't think that, but I think it's very similar in like the mindset and, and everything being on your shoulders. One thing I wanted to mention that I know we saw together that was kind of the most exciting event I've been to. I'm not the hugest baseball fan, but I was living in uh, Scottsdale, uh, Phoenix, Tempe area, Arizona in uh, 2001. That was the year, you know, 9-11 happened and they shut down baseball and then baseball ended up going into November for the first time. Uh, The Arizona Diamondbacks made the World Series that year. They had Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson as their first two starters, ridiculous one-two combo. And they made the World Series against the Yankees, who were kind of like the mini dynasty going on right then and you know had won multiple titles in the last handful of years. And um, you happened to be out there visiting me or doing something. We were, we were visiting, and uh, the Diamondbacks were down 3-2. And we got tickets to go to game mm-hmm. six. They blew, Diamondbacks blow them out. Randy Johnson pitches. They blow them out. And then so it pushes it to a game seven. So, of course, we were like, well, I guess we're going to game seven. We're like way up in the bleachers. It's me, you, and Alex Nazé. Remember that? Exactly. <laughs> yes, I do. And we're up in the bleachers and, uh, you know, back and forth, back and forth. The, the Yankees take the lead on like a Soriano home run or something. I can't remember. Long story short, bottom of the ninth, game seven, World Series Luis Gonzalez walk off. He, he saws one off the handle, gets over the head of, uh, of Jeter into the outfield. Diamondbacks come back bottom of the ninth uh, to win the World Series. And I just remember the atmosphere and all the energy and everything that was in that stadium was crazy. And uh, I always remember that being one of the coolest things ever. Yeah, that was a great time. And, and I, I think in the third game, we sat out. Uh, in uh, uh, beyond the the center field wall, or the pool, where where there was a pool, right? Yeah, and and we're we're sitting there watching the game, and, and I look over, and and Charles Barkley standing next to us. Is that yep, right? Barkley was there, and remember he got tossed into the pool in like the sixth or seventh inning. Yeah. And they, like someone tossed him in, he had to go change. Uh, it was it was pretty funny. And then remember afterwards, I used to work at a bar called Marley's Bar. Dan Marley, the uh, former Phoenix Sun great had a bar that him and his brother ran and, and owned close by. And we were walking back from the stadium and everyone's going crazy in the streets. And, and we duck our head in there and they're like, Oh, we got a table. We, and we hung out there and then just kind of watched the night kind of walk by us out the window and, and had a lot of fun. Yeah. Pretty damn good memory. son. Yep. A lot of fun. And you know, the best thing about it, I don't think they're over yet. 
I think we've still got a lot coming. So yep. uh, just, uh, you know, keep prodding one day at a time. Yep. Stay tuned and, and keep watching. But um, I think we're almost done. One last thing I thought was funny the last couple of weeks. Have you, have you seen all this back and forth about the blue check mark on Twitter? I, I have. I have. I, I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't even follow when I had a blue check mark. <laughs> <laughs> Only reason I bring it up is so, you you used to have a check mark and now because of whatever's gone on I'm not really following that close you do not and uh, I just thought it's funny to see all these people making such a big deal over this like kind of arbitrary like thing and you know getting up in arms and oh you take it away I'm not going to pay eight dollars I won't do this I won't do that uh, <laughs> and it's just been really funny because when we got it I remember. Do you remember how we got it? I back yeah, I, uh, I think uh, our, our friend uh, uh, Nick Lipman, I think, did yep, he help us? Nick Lipman did. He Back in like 2010 yep. or something when we first got you on there, he knew somebody at Twitter and just put us in touch. And uh, and they gave you the, the, the blue check mark that's been there ever since. And, and now it's gone. But uh, you're still the same dude. So hang in there. <laughs> yep. Yep. You can see. Still listen to me. You'll 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 hear it in my voice when I when I do put something on Twitter. You'll know it's me. So, <laughs> you'll know by the tone. I've got to go. I've got a seminar. Son. Okay, I've got get a to it. To go to, but but in in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Connors. Mm -hmm. You can follow Brett on Twitter at Brett underscore Connors. Right. You can follow us on Twitter at Advantage ADV Connors. Advantage Connors. Yep. And you can uh, That's it. take over from there. That's it. You can follow Jimmy on his Facebook page. Hit us up with questions. Uh, that's where we get a lot of our feedback from you guys. And that's it. We'll be checking in next week and uh, hit us up with any topics or thoughts you'd like us to get into more on the next episode. Until then, peace. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.